welcome to the Kim Jong Bui Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Daig, and with me today is my co-host, Gabe. Howdy, Gabe. Hey, howdy. It's been a while since I've gotten a howdy. A howdy, baby. We got to bring that A&M fire. Oh, yeah. Back to it. There's actually quite a few Aggies doing pretty well in the NFL this year. You got Christian Kirk, you got Kyler Murray, you got uh, Kyle Allen, if you want to count it. Mike Evans, as always. Like, Aggies representing in the NFL. No doubt, man. Most of them doing better in the NFL than they did at AM, but that's cool. Oh, that is, uh, yes, very, very true. And <laughs> a bit disappointing if you think about it too long. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, full disclosure uh we didn't have an episode last week and gabe texted me last wednesday and he was all rearing up ready to go we made our plans and then like five minutes before we were supposed to record i texted gabe and i was like bro i'm so tired i cannot record guys guys it was it was nine thirty. <laughs> it was nine thirty p.m. And Cam texts me. He's like, "I'm too tired." And I was like, "What, <laughs> dude? I know it was such a fail on my end. Like, it hey, was, it's okay. It's I okay. hadn't worked for so long, and then I'd done yeah. like two weeks of subbing. My body was just. It was. It was done, <laughs> man. Nine o'clock. I was out. But hey, we're here now, bigger and better than ever. Yep, we're back. We're back. So lots of news. Lots of stuff to get to. Uh, I actually didn't even want to talk about last week with the way my team performed, but they bounced back this week. So here I am, energized, ready to go, baby, ready to go. Yeah, in a, in a first ever for fantasy football, Cam's team took a bye week. It wasn't like an NFL bye week. It was legitimately a fantasy football bye week. He just chalked up an L into the column and said, all right. We're rested up for the next game and hopefully for the rest of the season make that championship push yeah we'll we'll, we'll get more into that and in then in further in the episode but uh yeah it was uh it was not glamorous to say the least but uh sticking with our usual layout we'll get into um our news kind of around the league news around our dynasty league uh, and then we'll kind of do a reflection on how the past two weeks have gone matchup wise um recap that a bit and then looking forward to our next week and so um with that we're gonna get into some injuries here we're gonna do injuries a little bit different than we've been doing it uh we're gonna kind of run through all of the injuries and then each of us are gonna pick out like one or two that we really think is gonna be super impactful um obviously like all of them could be impactful and we could spend 30 minutes of our podcast talking about every single injury as we've done before. Um, but we kind of wanted to limit it down to one or two so that we could give more time to our matchups and really like dive in deeper to our, our specific league um, as opposed to the NFL in general, as I'm sure many of us get that a lot anyway. So uh, do you want me to take the lead on the injuries here, Gabe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go ahead and take the lead on the lists, and then uh, you can uh, toss it to me when you want to talk about the significance. Okay. Or I'll jump in if I have something to say. Sounds good. So last week, we actually really didn't have uh, that many injuries occur, which was kind of nice given uh, recent weeks and just how this year has gone. So 
We had uh, Zach Ertz go down with like an ankle injury. Uh, we had Miles Sanders uh, have his knee injury flare up a little bit. And then we had Raheem Moster messed up his ankle and got placed on IR. Um, was last week's injuries. And then going from this week's injuries, uh, we had quite a few more. I would, I would add to uh, last week that Joe Mixon got a foot sprain and he went from day to day to week to week. And so um, that's another one that popped up last week and he was out for that game. Yeah, no, great point. I missed that one. Um, and then this week uh, we had Odell with the very unfortunate torn ACL. Uh, he's out for the season. Chris Carson. Uh, I've seen reports that he is a game time decision, but I've seen other people say he's probably going to miss at least a couple of weeks. Kenyon Drake uh, sprained or strained uh, some ligament in his foot. And so he's going to be out at least the next few weeks. Uh, Deontay Johnson, right when he comes back from injury, goes back out. Uh, he's week to week. Jeff Wilson, who was a beast this past week, he's out. Uh, I believe he got placed on IR. I'm not totally sure on that, though. Debo Samuel is out. Philip Lindsay uh, got banged up a little bit. He is uh, a game time decision, I believe, for this week. And then Chris Godwin, kind of a surprise add here to the injuries. He broke his finger actually on the play that he scored this past weekend, and he has already officially been declared out um, for this coming game. So. Gabe, give me like one or two that you think are going to be the most impactful and like how that's going to affect the fantasy landscape. Yeah, um, I guess real quick too, Tim Patrick, hamstring strain week to week, Andy Dalton, concussion week to week. Those guys weren't getting played uh, in our league. Well, Tim Patrick was actually flexed for me, but um, I nope, think my bad. Uh, especially especially Andy Dalton was... Uh, murdered? Was He was murdered and a very cheap hit, but... Um, it does have implications for his um, weapons on the outside as well. So I figured it was worth noting that he's still in the concussion protocol. But um, if I had to pick a couple, um, I mean, the, the top two that you read, obviously, probably the top three. Odell, um, it's unfortunate that now Camden's team, who had already seen Dak go to IR and Saquon go to IR, now has Odell joining them on IR. Um, so that's a, a bit unfortunate. Um, he was struggling to find his footing, and Baker actually looks better when he's not on the field. So I don't know if that's a mental thing or what, but um, you feel you got to feel bad for uh, such a talented player like Odell Beckham. Yeah. And uh, Chris Carson, this is notable because Cam's running back, as a lot of people have noted, are wah, in dire straits. <laughs> so this is one of his like staples that has been securing him the bag. And so Chris Carson definitely, hopefully it's uh, sooner rather than later midfoot sprain. But we've seen these vary in time uh, that the the player had to miss. And so hopefully they don't have to they don't rush him back too fast and mm -hmm. further aggravate the injury. But definitely will have some fantasy implications and I, I will bring up Kenyon Drake just because um it was Ben's RB1 or two however you want to look at it I guess RB1 and uh, his ankle sprain means he'll be out multiple weeks so uh 
Besides the Odell injury, it doesn't look like any of these will be season-ending. So that's good. Thankful yeah. for that. But still have fantasy implications. And players will be in our thoughts and uh, prayers, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on all those. I think that all of them are going to be impactful. A quick note on Chris Carson. So he is a player who has dealt with injuries before. Um, but kind of the rumors around the league is he's one of those players that tries to play through pretty much any injury that he receives. So I'm not saying he should play through this injury or that he will. Um, but given his track record on being able to kind of play through these and recover a little bit quicker, I maybe this is just as a Chris Carson owner, I'm just hopeful. Um, I, I, I hope and don't think that he's really going to miss more than one or two games. So I hope to have him back relatively soon for me. Uh, I'm going to go back to last week's injury. Go ahead. Sorry. Chris Carson, Chris Carson's trying to avoid that, uh, very foreboding injury prone label that we throw around so uh frivolously yeah <laughs> for yeah. running back to the nfl yeah no absolutely but i i can't remember what it was it was some sort of like knee sprain um last year that he was dealing with when the seahawks really didn't have like any other option to turn to and he was just like yeah i'll just play through it and ended okay. up doing pretty well so i do know there's been a couple instances of that with him um but so he's just a tough guy yeah, he's just way tougher than the rest of these NFL players, I guess. <laughs> um, for me, I, I think all those are super impactful, but I want to look at last week, uh, the Raheem Mostert injury, and then you immediately saw Jeff Wilson come in and dominate for the 49ers backfield this past week. Uh, Raheem Mostert was a guy who turned it on early in the season. He was looking like he was going to be a steal at running back this season, um, leading that 49ers backfield. And the opportunity is there. And now that he's been placed on IR, he's going to miss a minimum of three weeks. Um, it is an ankle injury, which can linger, as we've seen with kind of uh, even a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who you know the Panthers want to get back. Um, but that injury has lingered. And so we'll we'll see how long that goes. But that's their that's their top running back option when he's available. And now they don't have... Uh, Jeff Wilson available, who filled in admirably this past week. Uh, so it could be, I know they're hoping to get Tevin Coleman back from IR um, as early as this coming weekend. And then who, who you uh, snuck onto your roster. I, earlier, I did. Right? I did sneak him onto my roster. And Zach asked, what are you picking up these sorry yeah, just to... <laughs> running backs for? Shut up, I think, idiot. <laughs> I think he was more referring to the fact that you insured your devonta freeman running back spot with wayne gallman both of uh I mean, how are you feeling about that how are you feeling about locking up new york's backfield do you feel like it could be valuable moving forward or is it more just like out of necessity until chris carson oh comes back? It, it's out of necessity i i don't <laughs> i don't feel good at all with a, any piece of a jason garrett offense um yeah. but uh it no it's completely out of necessity and i saw him just sitting there on the waivers and uh devonta yeah. freeman's questionable you know so no, I just have a body so uh, Earlier this week, I was starting uh, Frank Gore and Jermichael Hasty. So I, I I was scouring the waiver wire hey, for any semblance of a Jermichael, running back. Jermichael Hasty might might be a scary <laughs> play this week, but that'll yeah. kind of do it for our injuries. Unless there's another one that you wanted to talk about. Um, no, I'm, I'm good on that. I did want us to kind of get into returning players, which 
um, which is funny. Deontay Johnson would have been on this list of returning players for this week, but he's now on the injured list. Um, as <laughs> Debo Samuel had just returned, like a week uh, ago, is that right? Poor guy. Yeah, I think so. And then uh, Melvin Gordon returned last week after his kind of DUI situation. I didn't see anything further come out of that. Um, and he actually did really well uh, for the Broncos whenever Philip Lindsay went down during that game. Yeah, um, and I think the uh, the criminal investigation is still ongoing. So oh, okay. Could 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 potentially see future implications, but right now. NFL is not doing anything, so we'll gotcha. see. Probably wait for a decision on all that. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then kind of a, a a sneaky, but I guess people could have seen it coming. Return was Leonard Fournette. Um, and I don't know that it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, well, you got to play Leonard Fournette now, but you do have to take a look at Ronald Jones, who was getting like ninety percent of the running back volume prior to Leonard Fournette this past week, and then I. I believe that went all the way down to closer to like 60%. It was like a 60, 40 split with Leonard Fournette and Leonard Fournette got, um, I believe all of the wider or all of the targets, um, sniping those from yeah, Ronald Jones. True. So he had gone from Ronald Jones wasn't getting anything crazy. They weren't using him much in the passing game. He was getting, you know, three or four targets a game. But it makes a difference fantasy-wise, and now when you're taking Ronald Jones off the field, um, with him being a running back that only runs the ball, his ceiling is capped already. Uh, that I You have to start looking at what value he's really going to bring to your team. Uh, so I don't think it makes necessarily a positive fantasy impact for Leonard Fournette. It's more of like a negative impact on Ronald Jones. So, And when you said uh, you, you don't need to rush to put Leonard Fournette in your lineup. It's funny because Camden's lineup, if Aaron Jones has to miss another week, which uh, it's kind of 50-50 right now. I don't know which way it's going to fall. Mm -hmm. uh, Leonard Fournette will be his uh, in his running back slot. So, Well, I say that, and then if Leonard Fournette was on my team, there's he would, a very yeah, good he chance would be, he would be starting for me as well. So. He would be a smash play. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that especially pass catching third down, uh, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure what the goal line split is, but um, he definitely has some upside in a in an offense like the Buccaneers, which has looked unbelievable. Really and good. They're only adding, and they're only adding more weapons. Yeah. So, um, last bit of like NFL news here. We didn't get into it uh, last time we talked, and I want us to hit on it a little bit. Um, Le'Veon Bell did end up signing with the Chiefs. So I know last time we had talked about. Uh, prospective teams that he could sign with you were leaning more towards the Chiefs if I remember correctly than I was uh, I really I didn't would. think he he would do it um, we didn't really get to see him as much this past week but he definitely was able to get on the field a little bit he had I, I did see some tweet that said two of his rushes uh, from the game this past weekend with the Chiefs would have been his second and third longest runs his entire time with the Jets. Yeah. So it, uh, it clearly it is a better situation for him. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what you believe that outlook in the Chiefs backfield now is with him and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Sure. Um, I mean, 
so uh, the last podcast that we recorded, I like uh, it was before the uh, the uh, Le'Veon Bell news broke, and I made a call on that and another call that I was kind of proud of myself for for the Demarcus Robinson kind of replacing Sammy Watkins um, like role just because he comped more similarly, and so um, I'm glad I got both of those right because I was feeling pretty strongly that like in an offense like that um, you can kind of see what they've done in the past but all that to say Le'Veon Bell is talented he looks spry on his runs Mm -hmm. Um, I still Clyde Edwards Alaire in the open field has just as many like he's, he's made just as many men miss as any other running back in the NFL. I think that he looks good running in the open field, but with another mouth to feed, I guess his his value is definitely capped, but I like I, I still see a lot of talent in Clyde Edwards Alaire, if that makes sense. Like sure he might get a touchdown stolen or he might get an opportunity like here or there um stolen and especially oh my god this week against the Jets I'm so excited to see what um, Andy Reid lets Le'Veon Bell do to his old team. Yeah. So maybe I maybe I would like, I don't know, bump up Le'Veon Bell this week and kind of fade Clyde Edwards-Alaire this week. <laughs> but I think, like I said, going forward, um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is I still see as like a high end RB two, low end RB one, and Lev Bell as a flex in a good matchup like i don't see lev bell taking that much of his snaps yeah i i will say i saw a stark difference between uh this past weekend or i guess it's really been the last two games um i've seen a stark difference in how clyde edwards hilaire has ran the ball like i've seen i've seen way more uh making people miss in the open field uh in the past two weeks than i had prior to Le'Veon Bell being signed with the Chiefs and you wonder if like some of that is a little bit of like extra motivation for him like it's got to be tough as a rookie you immediately get the starting job with the Chiefs um he gets stuffed countless times at the goal line like that's still something we have yet to see out of him is like a goal line touchdown um and so I wonder if it like pushes him to be a little bit better um yeah I I did uh, just like a quick story really quick. I did hear this story about Le'Veon Bell. So apparently when he was thinking about signing with the Chiefs, he called Clyde Edwards Hilaire and just wanted to make sure with him like that he was going to be cool with it and say, hey, mm-hmm. hey, man, like I don't want to come. Like I want to come help us win a championship. I don't I'm not coming there just for like the stats. I'm not coming there to like take your job um are you cool if i like sign and i thought that was pretty telling of Le'Veon bell um for like where he's at in his mindset and i think the jets really humbled that mindset a little bit um like the whole jets experience and so the initial ports were like he's going to prioritize winning over making money and once i heard that story i was like you know what that's actually that's actually pretty telling for where that running back is at so i could see a situation where like both of their games are raised a little bit. It does cap Clyde's ceiling, Le'Veon Bell being there. Um, but I think you're going to get a lot of production out of both of those backs. Um, and we've already seen this year, like they're relying less on Patrick Mahomes 
than they did last year. Part of that's because they're just like destroying people from the get-go. Um, but Andy Reid is really relying on the ground game a lot more than we've seen in the past. And I don't think that that's a coincidence. Like I think that Andy Reid looks at his backfield, looks at his offensive line, and sees that defenses are respecting um, Patrick Mahomes' arm and just his ability to make plays, and he's just making the easy plays and handing it off. Uh, so I think you're going to continue to see both of those guys perform really, really well um, and give you solid like RB2 to flex uh, point outage for fantasy. Yeah, and uh, a couple things to add. One, like I said, Le'Veon Bell has... He's gone through it. He he went through. He he proved himself, his talent on the Steelers. He went and secured his bag. Now it's championship time. That's yeah. the 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 way to cement your legacy in this league as a running back. You don't have a very big window, so it's it's game time. It's championship time. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, I was looking at stats. I think Lev Bell on the Chiefs made it roughly came out to like ten thousand dollars a carry. Like if you just divide his salary the from the Chiefs, on the Chiefs, on the Jets, on the Jets, okay. did I say the Chiefs? Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the Jets, he made something like ten thousand dollars a carry. Oh my god! So he is, like I said, not like I, like I think it largely humbled him because he was in such a bad situation. But it, what I just thought that was shocking when I saw that. Mm-hmm. And the third, I wanted to bring up uh, just something to kind of back my point. According to Pro Football Focus, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is tied for first for the most rushing missed tackles forced through this last week. He's tied for first with Derrick Henry with 27. Wow, man. So he is he he's up there with the the like best of the best running backs in the NFL. So like elusiveness, like he's got the, the, uh, I don't know, the, the appearance, the, the eye test of a good running back. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, like you said, um, the chiefs this year have been interesting because a lot of teams have been dropping eight people into coverage. And like you said, they've just been handing the ball off and mm-hmm. gaining yards that way. Patrick Mahomes had like nine fantasy points last week, like, and they're just they're still winning. So I think they are taking what the defense gives them, and a lot of times with the um, lack of stacking the box that happens against the Chiefs, um, it's just going to be an inside handoff. Yeah. So let's go ahead and. Uh move on from our nfl news and get more like into our league news um so we'll hit we had a couple trades last week and then literally right before this pod we had uh your big trade that we'll get into in just a minute yeah to give us some content bro what yeah hey i really appreciate that we were were sitting here all week like man ain't nothing happening uh but sure enough this league always delivers with the trades Um, oh yeah so on the back of the Le'Veon Bell signing with the Chiefs, we pretty much immediately had a trade between Bowie and Big R. Um, so Bowie was able to receive DJ Chark and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And Big R received Stefan Diggs and Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, go ahead and give me your thoughts on the trade and then I'll give you mine. 
Yeah. Um, I was going to say the big R um, with James Robinson could afford to make this move. Now it, it really thins out his running backs um, because now he's left with Zeke and James Robinson as his uh, like RB1 and RB2 and not a whole lot. Um, after that, I can, I can, let me uh, take a peek at his roster real quick. Yeah, after that, it's like it's it's players like Justin Jackson who splits time with uh, Joshua Kelly, and then um, like Alexander Madison who's valuable only if Dalvin Cook misses time for the most part. So um, he could afford to make the move, but he had been backed into relying on players like Michael Gallup and T. Y. Hilton in his flex. So. Um, I like it as far as improving his receiver depth, mm-hmm. um, but the trade value will largely depend on Juju Smith-Schuster's production moving forward. And it was encouraging this last week, but um, he's definitely... Well, I guess at the time of this trade, when I was writing out my analysis of it, um, Juju was a bit of a question mark, but now it, like Juju and DJ Chark both have... like these ominous question marks I feel like Mm -hmm. about their fantasy uh, outlooks rest of season. And I know that reports from the Jaguars camp has been uh, ominous, I guess, or like it just, it doesn't sound good. It sounds like they're upset at the way that um, their team has been performing and they want something to change, which um, usually doesn't bode very well for fantasy because the teams that are really good in fantasy are either really good or really bad. And so you like when you're a middle of the pack team or just a really highly inefficient team like the Jets, then that kind of bodes poorly for fantasy. And Gardner was giving players, he, he was propping up some fantasy val- valuable assets like Keelan Cole and DJ Shark, but I don't know. It just hasn't been clicking. That magic is not there like it was last year. No. And so um, I was going to say Bowie now has three RB1s until CMC comes back. So he's got Mike Davis, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Josh Jacobs. So his team's got a nice little uh, running back floor there. But I still think the winner is Bowie just because uh, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is an extremely valuable piece, especially in a dynasty league. Yeah, no, I, I very much saw this as kind of a panic trade from Big R. Um, Clyde, I mean, Clyde, honestly, if we redid the draft, I feel like Clyde still goes in the first two rounds pretty easily. If not like the end of the first round, uh, like you said, he's been really dynamic. Um, and I understand like you get a little bit scared of the Le'Veon Bell signing, but it's only through one year, right? Like, and in Lev Bell's mind, I feel like if he performs well and he wins his championship this year, he's looking for another payday and kind of grades himself out of the Chiefs backfield. Um, so like the future for Clyde Edwards Hilaire is still incredible. Like he's paired with Patrick Uh Mahomes for his really realistically probably his entire career you know and all right so, last last three picks of our second round jonathan taylor amari cooper mike evans you want clyde edwards alero over all three of them yeah, <laughs> yeah i it I would do. be tough between jonathan taylor and clyde edwards alero for me but i think It'd it's a 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. He definitely still goes top two, even with the signing of Love Bell this year. Yeah. So, I, Stefan Diggs has been, he has been really good this year uh, with Josh Allen. And I think that that's a fine return. Juju, I'm with you, is it's a scary proposition uh, with, I believe his contract comes up at the end of this season. Is that right? Yeah, it does. Um, and the che- and the uh, Steelers, excuse me, have tons of wide receiver depth and have historically drafted really, really well um, when it comes to wide receivers. So I don't know that they're pressing to sign Juju and extend him. Uh, so that's a situation that could be really uh, just questionable, you know. And DJ Chark has been bad. Like, and so I'm sorry, but until the Jags get a new quarterback. Uh, Gardner was great last year. He obviously just doesn't have it this year. Um, or him and DJ Chark together don't have it. Uh, that Until they get a new Q- QB, you're going to have to evaluate that. Um, but he is a young receiver and see what he can do. So I, I definitely think Bowie won the trade. Uh, I think Big R panicked a little bit. Uh, but again, we're going to have to see what that goes to. Uh, I Honestly, let me tell you what. Or tell me what you think of this. What if he had just done Stefan Diggs and Juju Smith-Schuster for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Which one do you lean? Um, that's closer. Like I said, it's just uh, like it's hard because it's hard for me to look at that trade and not see like a biased view of Juju Smith-Schuster and like just so many question marks surrounding that player. Like I think that. Stefan Diggs and Juju are both talented, young, but like I know that Clyde Edwards Alaire will be on the Chiefs. I think with that security, like I have to take the Clyde Edwards Alaire yeah, side. Even no, even with... like through all that. You I'm know? with you. I'm with you. So, so I, I think uh, this tweet blew my mind. It was from Field Yates, uh, the fantasy analyst at ESPN. Um, he tweeted it like a couple weeks ago, but um, I thought it was relevant. It says the Steelers didn't use a single first-round pick on a wide receiver during the last decade. The Steelers did, however, draft Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Martavis Bryant, Deontay Johnson, and James Washington all during the last decade. And how many of That's those guys got extended? Crazy. How many of those That's guys got extended? Crazy. I don't know. Like that but... that's what they do. They they draft <laughs> yeah. really great receivers and just replace them. And pass right? them around. Outside yeah. of Antonio Brown, you know, who you had to extend. Yeah. And but... I mean like yeah. And so I think Juju could be like a I mean he plays in the slot, so he could get passed around the NFL and I think like he might not get the beta the payday he's looking for, but assuming he adjusts expectations a little bit. Um, I think he'll still be valuable on a on a team like teams could use wide receivers like if he hopped on the Texans right now he'd be the yeah. first or second best receiver on the tech like immediately you know mm-hmm. like it's not like a like like I, teams could use him but mm-hmm. anyways it's uh it's just the question marks um are are they're there, there. Yep. they're looming so yeah no totally agree so let's move on to this next trade here it's between zach and ben so zach uh got philip Lindsay, and ben received aaron Rodgers and a 2021 third round pick um so just 
quick thoughts here. Uh, yeah. Um, go ahead. Quick thoughts. I don't blame Ben for trading for a hot Aaron Rodgers because we've seen yep. Aaron Rodgers be the best quarterback in all of fantasy football. In 2011, he was the number one scoring fantasy football quarterback. That was nine years ago, but still, like he, we know he's got it. Mm-hmm. And but but, however, I don't see a reason to roster four quarterbacks in this format. I feel like there's more valuable um, Is he still like assets rostering? that you can roster. At look. the time when I was writing this, I'm looking was, to see but... if he's. No, I know he dropped uh, Baker because Baker's one, two, now on my team. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, proud of you, Ben. Because at the time I was writing these notes, I wrote these last week when Cam bailed on me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like you still had four, so I'm glad that you uh, had the foresight. We psych- we you you were psychic and uh, were able to tell the future. And now you look like the intelligent one, and I look like the dumb one. So no, he's he. I mean, he still has three, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> And then I was going to say Zach needed a running back after Melvin Gordon and Lev Bell news. So um, the winner is Zach, and he will now need to find a new default trade offer because he would trade Aaron Rodgers in a third-round pick for literally every single player on my roster. Not really, but that was like his go-to trade if he wanted somebody on my roster. It was always Aaron Rodgers in a third-round pick. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. my only thoughts here is like Ben – is one of those teams that's struggling to figure out the running back position for his team. And I know he was really like counting on Baker. And at the time of the trade, Baker was, I I think he had just gotten benched if I'm not mistaken. Um, Or maybe he got benched right after that. Um, But he, he really wanted a quarterback, but I'm with you. Like running backs are just so much more valuable and quarterbacks like even a backup running back um which he's like a faux backup to be honest because uh, he kind of splits with melvin gordon um but, right but i kind of understand like ben just was he was like man i'm just happy to get a starting quarterback out of this deal um but yeah. i but i do lean with zach like you got a you got a running back for a, a, an older quarterback and a third round pick which is virtually nothing anyway um so uh it's fine it's not that big of a trade to be honest with you like it's it's not a game changer in my mind true but okay that was last week's trades let's get into y'all's big trade i don't think we had anything else besides this um literally let's see three hours ago uh gabe receives keenan allen miles gaskin uh, running back for Miami, in case you didn't know. Whoa, whoa, put some respect <laughs> on the man. He, he has been good. He has been good. Cam Newton, a 2021 third round pick and a 2022 first round pick. And Connolly received Ryan Tannehill and Michael Thomas. And I believe this is now Michael Thomas's fourth or fifth team since the beginning of this season in our league. <laughs> He has been passed around quite yeah, a bit, he and he has. still has about. Uh, he's accumulated four fantasy points, <laughs> and he was drafted in the first round. So uh, <laughs> that might be why he's getting passed around. I Wild think owners get frustrated. Yeah. Wild times. Um, yeah. Go ahead and walk me through kind of how this trade went down and what you yeah, were thinking. For sure. So I have been, um, I had been eyeing uh, Connolly's roster for a while and trying to get some pieces from it because I felt like 
like him and I were in a good position to make a pretty good trade, but it was just, it was hard because a lot of my offers, he would just shoot down. And I don't know, slowly we, I, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I need to like make a, a move that's a little bit more enticing. So I offered him arguably my best player and it, it, I think it caught his eye. And so he finally counter offered it. And then we finally were able to kind of, uh, work towards this eventual trade. But, uh, yeah, at first it was just like I'd send an offer, it would get declined in like 10 minutes, and I'd never hear from him again. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I don't know what to do now. <laughs> I guess I'll try to, to trade for Darius Slayton off Cam's roster. <laughs> he never answered me about either. <laughs> I didn't even see you send me a trade. I need to check. Uh, it. It was, so I sent it on Wednesday, and he played on Thursday, and I pulled it right before the game. Oh. I didn't, I didn't want you to like see – like, well, I guess – in a situation like that, like if the player's playing and like he tears his ACL and my trade is still yeah. sitting there, yeah. like I don't want to, I don't want it to be an awkward like, hey commissioner, can I repeal that? You know, like <laughs> nope, I already so I accepted. Just, Sorry, I, buddy. <laughs> I usually just pull the trade right before they play. <laughs> That's funny, just in case. But anyways, um, the the way I see it, so Connolly last week he needed nineteen point one four fantasy points from his quarterback to win his matchup. Cam Newton got him negative 1.18. He's bad. So Ryan Tannehill's average points per game in our scoring format is 20.7. If he had just had an average week from Ryan Tannehill, he wins the matchup. Also, Connolly's now Connolly's roster could now potentially have Christian McCaffrey, an RB1 last year, who, who was the RB1 last year, mm -hmm. and Michael Thomas, the wide receiver one last year. Mm -hmm. And they could both be back as soon as this week. I don't think it's likely that they come back this week. But for the second half of the season, Conley's roster could be really scary if those guys return to form. So I I think that that's kind of why he bought it. However, for somebody like me, I couldn't wait much longer. Like I said, I was starting Frank Gore and Jamichael Hasty at running back, so I needed Gaskin like this week to start him. And if, my, if, if Michael Thomas didn't play this week... Um, Keenan Allen or uh, AJ Green was going to be my wide receiver one. So like I need these players to play this week and I just I couldn't afford to hold them even though I think the potential is higher for somebody like Michael Thomas obviously. Like I couldn't afford to hold him and miss out on a week cuz I don't have players like Allen Robinson and I mean Connolly's if you've looked at Connolly's he's got really good wide receiver and running back depth. Oh, yeah. He's just got a bit unlucky. Um like his running back depth might rival your wide receiver depth. Like his his running backs are so deep. Yeah, but Antonio uh, Gibson, like, Jonathan Taylor, he had Miles Gaskin, which obviously doesn't have now. But Boston Scott, Austin Eckler, Malcolm Brown. Yeah, and CMC is in the IR. Like oh, the best Christian running back McCaffrey, in fantasy yeah. is literally posted in his IR. Like he's gonna have a tough time choosing four of those. Mm -hmm. Like, and so um. Uh, all that Hunt. Say, I didn't even see Kareem Hunt. Yeah, all that to say, like his wide receivers, um, like are also, um, like he could afford to wait on Michael Thomas. I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. He can afford to wait on Michael Thomas a lot more than I can afford to wait on Michael Thomas. And so, um, I think that that kind of was enticing to both of us. Cam Newton for Ryan Tannehill. Um, I said, uh, let's see, what did I write? Keenan Allen, I said, has the has the peripherals to finish a top 12 wide receiver. He's currently wide receiver 20 in our format. Cam Newton, 
uh, I viewed as a QB with higher upside than the players currently on our waivers, but he's still a shaky starting option. And the picks, I just, uh, I feel like they even the deal a little bit more. Um, and so that's kind of how we walk through the trade. I feel like it's a pretty even trade. Um, if I had to pick a winner, I would still pick Connolly because if I could afford to wait on Michael Thomas, I still think he's the most valuable piece in that trade, but I just simply could not if I wanted to compete. So, uh, that's kind of how I landed there. Yeah, no, it'll be, so it's interesting because I think every person who has traded Michael Thomas, um, has received like a pretty substantial package back, uh, which makes sense, right? Like top wide receiver in the league, but it's, it's always, I feel like I repeat myself every time there's a Michael Thomas trade, like you have the singular player that can go win you a game, right? Versus the depth that you're going to get, um, when trading away that player. And I think it's the same case here. Uh, Cam Newton, like he had his, he had some flashes, but he's clearly like coming to the end. So I kind of like throw him out a little bit on this trade. Like he was, you needed somebody for Ryan Tannehill, yeah. um, to be able to play. But Keenan Allen uh, has just been great throughout his entire career, and now it's looking like he has a legitimate quarterback um, to get him the ball in Justin Herbert. Like Justin Herbert has been insane this year. Um, and has developed an early chemistry with Keenan Allen, which is really cool. Uh, Miles Gaskin has been really good for Miami. Um, so it'll be interesting what Miami does, because I still believe that they have a pretty like large set of draft picks um, in the next two or three drafts. Uh, and so yeah. it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they use a high draft pick on a running back. Um, to a time, baby. Don't forget about to a time yeah, over there. No. So we'll see if Miles Gaskin gets more or less usage because uh, he was seeing quite a few targets, running back targets, and those fluctuate a lot with the quarterback change, especially mm-hmm. a mobile quarterback change. So I actually think that Miles Gaskin will see a downtick in his fantasy production, but I still think he'll be valuable. Yeah, but I just think I think the meat of the trade here is that first round pick you're getting in 2022, as well as Keenan Allen. Um, which I really like uh, both of those plays there. Uh, and it's tough. Like you're starting to see signs from Michael Thomas. He is still a great receiver, but you can't help but like see a few similarities between him and Antonio Brown's antics um, a little bit, at least in my mind, like he's not there yet. And what Michael Thomas has done barely even compares to the, the, terrible things Antonio Brown was doing when he was on the Steelers and then after he was cut. Um, but there have been comparisons there that are starting to come up a little bit. Um, oh, snap. This just this just turned into first take, bro. This just turned out <laughs> was a Stephen A. Smith level well, take. That's crazy. Michael I Thomas and Antonio Brown? I wasn't trying to have like a, a hot take <laughs> or nothing. But, that's a hot take, bro. But it, you have so you thing... don't think, you think You think Michael Thomas... With the same quarterback, same situation as last year, will be a totally different player when he comes back. No, all I was saying is like he had he had a big injury, right, okay. where he was missing multiple weeks. It obviously right. like got to him. 
because he started like punching teammates in practice yeah that he, was funny. yeah okay he was gonna come back and then like he wasn't able to he got suspended by his coach right and then it was looking like he was gonna come back again and he has a hamstring injury on top of it and so again i'm not, i'm not saying they're the same um but there's like you're starting to see some of those antics and i believe like some of his teammates are starting to get frustrated like i've seen some okay. reports of just like this the saints possibly looking at trading michael thomas like those reports have come out and i saw i know sean payton like rejected that but he has to like as the coach of that team he has to reject those reports and i don't think those reports are coming out of nowhere and so okay. that's kind of all i was getting at i wasn't oh, yeah. trying to say that, that, was, that was a good terrible human being argument, but i still think it's kind of a crazy uh, comparison but i i understand where you're coming from yeah i do so anyway um yeah, I, like Conley's roster is ridiculous now. Also, it's, maybe being the wide receiver one in fantasy causes this to happen. Because you remember who the wide receiver one was in 2018? It was Antonio Brown. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, wait, wasn't it Juju? Or was that the year before? Uh, or was he I was on a points five? per game basis. Oh, oh, let, oh. Me, let me look. Okay. Yeah, let me but look. That's funny. I can run that into my data data sheet real quick. Well, while you're while you're looking that up. Okay, so that'll do it kind of for our trades. Um we're going to like pretty quickly go through the week 6 recap so that we can really look at uh Oh, oh, real quick, real quick. Trade yeah. block, new additions. Odell Beckham Jr. best landing spot, I said Daniel because I say Daniel, you're 1 and 6 or whatever your record is. It might be time to commit to the rebuild because at the best, your record is going to be eight and six. And so you're going to have to rally off seven wins in a row to get there too. And I think a rebuilding team in a dynasty can actually get a lot of players on the cheap that will eventually come back because a lot of players are going to be, or a lot of fantasy like owners want to win this year, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that there's probably six or seven in that group right now. And so I think that if you're the first one to say, okay, I'm committing to the rebuild, you could steal players like Odell Beckham for much cheaper if you commit to holding him through his injury. His future is uncertain, but he's if he's able to actualize his potential, he was he was the wide receiver six just two years ago with with the Giants. Uh, he could improve uh, your relatively uh, weaker wide receiver core uh, immensely. And then real quick, Corey Davis added uh, by I believe Camden, and I said best landing spot would be Bowie. Uh, I, I was going to say if Bowie's trying to compete this year. He could stand to benefit from him improving his wide receiver core. Uh, Corey Davis has averaged 11.7 points per game in our scoring format and could be in play for him as a wide receiver three slash flex. All right. You know, did you know he was averaging 11.7, bro? That's kind of a lot of fantasy points. <laughs> I I did not know that, actually. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, man. He's, he's legit. I know. He's Just spreading that ball around. Okay. Well, so... Going all the way back to week six, um, which really isn't that far back, but feels like a long time ago. Um, our first matchup here was Camden versus Daniel. Uh, so Daniel ends up getting his first win of the season. Daniel, I'm so sorry we missed last week's podcast, man. You were probably looking forward to it. Uh, finally hear something positive about your team, but uh we'll talk about it now so daniel scores 124 points to camden's 116 
Um, okay, real quick, added, I ran it through the data sheet. Uh, in 2018, Antonio Brown was number one. Juju Smith-Schuster was number eight. So the Steelers oh. fielded two. Well, why was he on the Madden cover? That's stupid. I don't know, bro. Kind of crazy. That's stupid. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You're right. But, um, uh, yeah. So Camden scores a under average 114 or 15 points. Um, didn't get much from Aaron Jones. Only got like 11 points. Uh, David Montgomery gets his <laughs> inefficient 12 points per game, which really isn't that bad. Uh, Chris Godwin underperformed for him. Odell Beckham, prior to his injury, underperformed. Devontae Parker underperformed. <laughs> it was just like a rough go of it for Camden. And then on Daniel's side... Deshaun, like he's really turned it on ever since they got rid of the cancer. Uh, he had Raheem Mostert. This is why he won. Derrick Henry, 39.4 points. This was his monstrosity game against Houston. So, yeah. Um, I was going to say, back of, on the back of Deshaun Watson and Derrick Henry, Daniel snags that first W. His lack of flex production is worrisome. At the time that I was writing those notes, so two weeks ago, look at his flex. Look at his flex this week. Guess how many points he got from his flex. Hold on, I'm trying to... Oh, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a double zero. It's a double <laughs> goose. That's that is, that's crazy. Oh, I'm I remembering even... this now. Uh, this like, is when Zach... He, he this won is... the game with a double egg. Like, that, <laughs> a double goose. Does that goose. speak to Daniel, or does that speak to Camden's team this week? Um, I think it definitely it speaks to <laughs> daniel's um lack of consistent depth i think on his roster for this year but um like he has pieces that he could turn into depth if he wanted like i mean if i was him i'm i don't know if i'm gonna give him all of the good advice but i would say like liquefy deshaun watson for a good haul because players are wanting to compete and we like i'm starting cam newton this week don't trade him to me but like like there's there's ten teams in this league and there's not ten really consistent quarterbacks so far. So yeah. I know I know people would be interested in Deshaun Watson at least if you uh, threw that idea around. But anyways, um, for Camden, uh, yeah, Odell Beckham, Devontae Parker underperformed. This was the only game this year where Odell had la less than six targets before before his injury. And we'll have to see how Tua and Devontae Parker chemistry develops uh, through the bye week and after. So we will see what that looks like. Because he was a wide receiver, like a very consistent wide receiver with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. We will see how Tua plays in the NFL. But I think the Dolphins could actually compete in uh, in that division because the Bills have looked uh, not as inspiring as I would have hoped or people would have thought as when the season started. And the Patriots... Yeah, I don't think they want to talk about it. Bill Real, Belichick just on to the next one, bro. <laughs> Real quick, can we talk about how disappointed I am in Ryan Fitzpatrick? Like, is Why? this guy the biggest baby of all time? What do you do? So, so the reports came out that they were going to start Tua over Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? You you heard this? And uh, then yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes out to the uh, media conference or whatever, and he comes out and he's just like, I am heartbroken. I thought I had finally found a team that I was leading. 
I thought that I was finally like uh, the true quarterback of a team, yada, yada. Like I'm absolutely heartbroken and just totally like made this whole deal about himself and like no support to Tua and like this is one of the situations that like can totally turn a locker room against their brand new rookie quarterback and did did you hear this story kind of but I heard it in a bit of a different light so I the the entire time that I had heard things about Ryan Fitzpatrick it had been like when the time comes he would be supportive him and like I had heard things like him and uh Kurt Warner had been like two of the best mentors of any quarterback um, like ever, just because they had seen like veteran leadership. And I mean, I kind of understand where he's coming from. I mean, you saw how well like people like Pat Mahomes played after sitting out an entire first year. So maybe he was just like, they're going to give me this year to compete and like, we'll pass the torch to Tua. Like I, I understand being disappointed and like, I don't think that if the media hadn't come and asked him some of those difficult questions, like he would have made a whole, like a big deal about it because after like he's had time to process, I feel like he's been pretty, I don't know, like it, like I see it in a different light. And I think that he was heartbroken and sure it could take attention from to a, to him and, like kind of like what you're saying, turn a locker room in a bad direction. But I don't think that that was his intention. Even it's just like an emotion. Like he's a competitor, right? He wants to win, and he felt like he was finally pulling the team like in the right direction. So who knows? okay, but here's my thing. That's so this guy, right. so he graduated from Harvard. All right, his mm-hmm. coach Brian mm-hmm. Flores, from all reports and accounts, is like one of the most stand-up guys in the NFL. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what he prides himself on is, like, respect and all these things. And so it is hard for me to believe that, one, Brian Flores didn't have the conversation with him. Like, even when Tua was drafted, right, of, like, hey, man, this is going to eventually be our franchise player. We want him to take over the starting quarterback. Two, right. even if that conversation didn't happen, you, no, gra- I think that you graduated happen. from Harvard. You had to have known that that was going to happen. They were three and three at the time of him uh, getting benched. And their three wins were over the injury riddled 49ers team, the Jaguars and the Jets. What, what team did you think that you were leading and where did you think that you were leading them to? Like, I, I do not understand why he, why he did it. I see what you're saying about being a a competitor and all that stuff. I just felt like he drastically like messed up that situation. And I really like, I'm pulling for Tua and I really hope that this doesn't make it harder for him because he's already having to overcome this crazy injury. He's stepping in for a veteran leader in which now he has to take over the locker room as a rookie. Um, His team, although they're like playing better, isn't very talented. And so I don't know, man. Like I'd, I'd really, I was really like unimpressed with how he handled the whole situation. So, yeah. So in, in May, Ryan Fitzpatrick actually did, uh, the what's next next podcast with, uh, Eric Wood. And he like the, the, uh, I'll just read a little bit of the like transcript, but it says like the other thing in bringing a new guy in that I always try and impress right away on these guys is 
I'm here again, zero ego, but I have some knowledge. I've made a lot of mistakes in this league in terms of dumb decisions and throws. I've learned how to prepare. I've learned so much about offenses and defenses and the way guys operate. Ask questions. Like I'm an open book. Ask me whatever you want. And so sometimes it's up to the younger guys to um, maybe courage might not be the wrong word, but to have the courage to come up and ask questions and not feel like he's a bother or a pain in the butt. I just try to be open and honest with everything that they want to talk about because I, I talk to my wife about this all the time. When I'm done playing football, when I exit the world and don't either do what you're doing or transition to another role around football, I have so much knowledge in my mind that I've built up that like just goes to waste. So I want to pass on all these experiences and lessons and things that I've learned to younger guys because when I came in, I had the same thing. I had guys that taught and showed me the way. I'm really excited. I'm excited that they drafted him. I'm excited because in watching him play at Alabama, he looked like a pretty dynamic talent. Just in meeting him a few times, he seems like an unbelievable kid, great head on his shoulders, says the right things, wants to do the right things. So for me, like I'm his biggest uh, his biggest fan right now, but I also want to be out there playing. I also want to be on the field, like on the field. And that's why I'm still doing it, because I still enjoy the game. Hopefully some of the lessons I'm able to teach him are from watching me. But if it's the other way around, I'm going to do my best to help him succeed in the best way that he can. And so it's like I feel like that's like it, it's such a hard thing to balance mentoring somebody and competing for the starting job, and I think that that's kind of where he was caught between. It was an emotional moment, and that's like think why I want to stand up for him. You know, like it's it's tough. You know, I, I think he knew it was you, coming. But like at that, at that point, it, it's difficult. You know, <laughs> sure, it's difficult. <laughs> I I get it. Okay, moving on. We took way too much time on that anyway. But I thought it was an interesting tidbit just for life, too. Yeah, <laughs> nah, it is. It is. We'll, we'll see. Those Harvard grads, they got a little bit of knowledge, I guess. <laughs> they do, bro. They do. So, just got to get their emotions in check. All right. <laughs> Next game here from the weeks. WNFL? <laughs> oh, that's bad joke. Bad joke. Sexist. Okay, okay, okay. We're going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Week six. Uh, Next matchup here is uh, Ben versus Bowie. So Ben ends up taking it from Bowie 137.6 to 125.5. This was a game that came uh, came down to the end of it, um, or it came down to the last game because that's just how all Bowie's matchups go. And then uh, this was this was the game that Kenyon Drake, I think, scored a long touchdown. This was. So you want to know something? After stat corrections, Ben won the game on that 69-yard run late in the fourth quarter because Bowie won by 12.03, and that was a 12.9-point play. Oh, wow. So Ben won on that play. Wow. wow what a play. <laughs> what a play, Ben. Ben, great trade, man, for Kenyon Drake. Great job. <laughs> Oh gosh, that's funny. Yeah, no, that was uh, it was a really good game, and uh, so Ben actually texted me I think after this game, and like he was like, "Hey, I know I'm not gonna win much this uh this season, but I'm super excited for my team. I feel like I have really great young guys. Uh, I have some exciting rookies, and like I'm super excited for my team in the future. And I couldn't agree more. Like I think that's totally his team." absolutely in the notes for this week i was talking about how his rookies are like some of the best in the league he's got justin jefferson cd lamb like these Mm -hmm. guys are just they have crazy talent he's got tight ends out the wazoo that just are like brimming with talent like his team is well set up for sure i agree 
Yeah, he has incredible pass catchers. If it was a game of Madden, he would uh, would be awesome. If it was legit, like we put all our teams and played Madden, yeah. Dude, I wanted to do that. I wanted to do that, but it just didn't. That would be fun. It would be difficult if you didn't have a mobile quarterback. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, Bowie scores 125 points and loses i would say what would you say our average scoring is like across the league i could look it up but that's way too much work i'd I'd probably say it's around 130 125 130 it's probably what i'd say on averages okay um but so i feel like Bowie's team it wasn't like the greatest game ever but it uh definitely wasn't bad by any stretch so yeah um what would i say on Bowie? Another tough game. Seven starters missed their projections. He has good uh, or decent bench depth um, with Gus Edwards now filling in for Mark Ingram. Keelan Cole has been pretty consistent. Uh, we'll see if Preston Williams can emerge with Tua, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So, and he'll make seven trades before the end of the season. So, yeah, we don't have to look at that anymore. More fun that one. <laughs> Next uh, matchup here was Garrett versus Big R. Uh, Garrett's team just keeps on rolling and Big R's team keeps on sucking. Like it's uh <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Big R gets these insane projections every week. Um like I couldn't tell you the exact projections for this week or for this matchup, but every single time he gets um he's like in the 130s or 140s on his projections and his team never never even comes close to any of that in fact if i'm looking at the league yeah big r is the second lowest points for in our league yeah which is just it's just wild like and i was i was looking at like why that is earlier today um when i was writing out my uh my notes and so he drafted lamar jackson in the second round as the first quarterback overall He's been a fringe top 12 QB. Zeke has been largely ineffective without Dak. Zeke was the oh fourth gosh. pick overall. And his... So he um, took Zeke and Lamar his, for his first... Zeke, Zeke Lamar back to back. To back. Wow. And then he took... Um, I forgot who he took after that. It might have been a... It, it was either another uh, running back or like a tight end or something. Wait, wait, wait. I, can, I thought Big R took Clyde second round. Yeah, he did. Uh, he Let did take look. Clyde second round. Okay, that that was it because he had Zeke Clyde, and then it was probably oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 it was that's exactly right. It was Zeke Clyde, Lamar, and then Cooper Cup, who was drafted to be his wide receiver one, <laughs> okay. has been really inconsistent. So like it's just those those first four, like he drafted them to be people that uh... he needed, and it just has been tough sledding for those three in particular. I like if you were taking like making a board of like draft adp busts or not versus like where the, like like where players are being taken versus how they've performed halfway through the season these players would be largely on the like bust or not meeting expectations where they were for where they were drafted side you know and so it has a lot to do with those three i also think juju now that he's on his team is like ironically in like this uh, I don't know, weird po- like in this weird world where like big r has these like crazy potential players like it's just it's on kind paper of, it's great yeah, but then yeah. in actuality it's exactly. just not happening exactly. he's well, just been inconsistent 
so that's that's when i was like dissecting i was like what's causing this <laughs> those were the four that i'd like kind of came to the idea or like it that's what that's what uh like came to the conclusion of that's funny yeah and then for garrett pretty much just chalk like 143 he's uh, that's like an average game for garrett now which is crazy <laughs> So. Yeah, this was when uh, Ronald Jones was still in his three straight hundred yard game, and well, that's uh, looking bad now. But yeah, he, it, he'll it be is, fine. But, he'll be fine. But yeah, the uh, the week that this happened for Big R two, I wrote Zeke had two fumbles this game. Cooper Cup dropped a touchdown, barely missed another. Like with a like, you remember he was? I don't know if you watched the game, but he was like looking over his right shoulder, Yo. and then he had flipped to look over his left yes. shoulder. It slowed him down. Miles it, like, Sanders did like pretty much that exact same thing. If I remember, yeah, right. yeah, well, it, like, he looked over the wrong shoulder. The, that's definitely the fastest way to flip your head, but it's really hard to like not lose a little speed. And both of them had. And also, this was the week where Alexander Madison was supposed to be like top three RB because Dalvin Cook was out and Atlanta was twenty third versus opposing running backs. Oh, yeah. And Dalvin Cook had like not that many points. Let me look. <laughs> Dalvin Cook had a whopping 3.5 in our scoring format. So it was just, uh, it was an unfortunate week for him. All that to say. Yeah. It's been a lot of unfortunate weeks. <laughs> yeah. I'm, all right. I'm... Next matchup here was me versus Zach. Uh, Zach won. So <laughs> it was one, it was the blowout of the week. Uh, I was wow, the Zach. least performing team of the week. It was 148 to 94. So that wasn't very much fun. Um, Wait, Zach, Zach got a he got a free win this week. That's crazy. The other yeah. team didn't show up. They uh, they just I, never they never put on their jerseys on the other side. Hey man, you know like you know when you go to some of those AAU tournaments and uh, the other team is running like thirty minutes late, but then oh, yeah. but then they don't care because like they're the best team there, so they can automatically go to the losers bracket but still win the whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's what I've had bro. the vibes for my team. So that was your team. Yeah, bro. I was that holding team, them back. I was holding them back. It was the worst because yeah, they could either make a losers bracket run or like if they show up like right before the time, like they wasted your time. Right now you're 15, 20 minutes late. They still start the game and then they proceed to just murder you. Like either way, any way you spin it, like it just it sucks because they you feel taken advantage of in more ways than one. Yeah, and the coach shows up and like slides <laughs> yeah, in a t-shirt. It's just a player, bro. The coach is like somewhere else. It's literally just a player with a clipboard. <laughs> well, anyway, that's what happened for me. So, his team apps and I'm glad I'm glad that we had the bye week cuz his team went off like Travis Fulgham was incredible for him uh after me giving him crap for starting him so it was a yeah. rough day it was a rough day so for sure and uh, I would just say return of Julio Jones uh big, oh yeah That's staying, right. staying power of Travis Fulgham definitely a big storyline um it's looking like Alshon Jeffrey got over the Liz Frank issue, which is good, but now he has a calf injury, which is bad. So it's looking like Alshon is just going to be a cap hit this year instead of an actual um, contributing piece to the Eagles offense, which is unfortunate. They are getting other weapons back, but I still think Travis Fulgham will like remain that like X possession receiver um, taking the place of Alshon. And uh, the big four receivers, unfortunately, all four missed their projections. 
Um, we were on a buy. Yeah. This was this I week know, was technically <laughs> the real week. So I see. I see. Um, okay, getting on to our last matchup of week six was Gabe versus Conley. Gabe keeps his win streak alive with a 120, 128 to one hundred four victory. Um, Conley Conley had a rough go of it. Um, he 104, like my team had a buy and still scored a hundred points. So I don't know what his team <laughs> After is. Right, fine, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> no, he had underperformed with Cam Newton, underperformed Antonio Gibson. Jonathan Taylor was pretty good. 13 and a half points. Will Fuller was really good. Um, everybody else was not very good and he didn't get very many points from his IDPs. So. That's yeah. a recipe for a loss there. That is, that is. Um, I would just bring up, I don't think that this is going to be the norm for Kareem Hunt. I think I saw a tweet from uh, like Andy Holloway, who's another fantasy football analyst um, on the Fantasy Footballers, and he said something along the lines of Kareem Hunt has like the most yards after contact, uh, like average on rushing attempts, and the Raiders, who they're playing this week, give up the most yards after contact on average. Jeez. So this week is looking like Kareem Hunt is set for like that explosion week that we were all kind of, well, as soon as Nick Chubb went down, we were like, oh, Kareem Hunt's top three. Like this is yeah. kind of the... Uh, this is where it's going to happen. The, yeah, it look, it's looking like the, the landscape is being uh, set for it. So yeah, no. All right, that does it for our week six matchups. Uh, since we kind of went over everybody's team a little bit, let's just give some real like quick thoughts on week seven, yeah. highlight them so that we can get into a little bit of a um, upcoming review for next or this coming week's games. All right, so week seven, uh, we'll just go ahead and start. Me versus Conley. We came off a bye week strong. We were healthy. The big four showed up. The running backs did not, and it didn't matter. Um, I get the victory 139 to Conley's 118. Uh, Conley played a quarterback that got him negative points, so that was super helpful to me. Um, other than that, he actually got pretty decent production from the rest of his team. Uh, like, Had he just gotten like 20 points from his quarterback position he would have beat me but he didn't and i won so that yep. was really fun i was gonna say uh your receiver performances helped mask like some like you're saying your rb question marks and josh allen's recent inconsistencies mm -hmm. uh with chase claypool on your taxi squad i think it's safe to say that you have the like the the best and deepest receivers in the league just subjectively but it's funny because i believe in that regard, in that same regard, I believe Connolly has best the best backs. and deepest running backs yeah. in the league. And so when you were saying like they didn't all do bad, I was like, this is funny because receivers are usually like upside plays. They don't have as high of a floor as a running back. And like you have people like Deontay Devontae Adams had like 38 points this week. Like yeah. you're you had like that that upside is so um like volatile, but when it hits, it's really hard to beat that team with a team of running backs. So it'll be interesting going forward to see how 
like the running back versus receiver point scoring differential shapes up Mm because usually you want like some pretty consistent running backs and then some receivers with some consistency but just like the upside for like tyler Lockett level Devontae adams level upside where these guys are putting up like 40 point they're they're putting up more points than the other teams like three or four slots combined you know like it uh I don't know. I thought that was interesting, worth bringing up. Um, we already mentioned Cam Newton uh, earlier in the trade. And, yeah, that's about all I have to say about this matchup. Yeah, Conley, just to, like, shadow his depth or highlight his depth, he had 18, 12, 17, and 27 points all on his bench. Oh, and yeah, 35 great. from Devin White. So I will say that I avoided a pretty big minefield here. And Conley has nothing to worry about with his team. He's got tons of depth. So, yeah. Next matchup here was Camden versus Garrett. This was a great matchup. It was the highest scoring of the week. Uh, Camden put up 152 points. And I, don't, I don't know if Camden it was a great matchup, but go on. For nine other people in the league, it was a great <laughs> matchup. Um, and then. So he puts up 152 points and loses to Garrett's 170. Um, and so good, good matchup. Uh, Camden was not happy with Odell getting injured early in the game. Uh, he has now labeled him as eats poop on and off the field. <laughs> so uh, That's the PG version. Yeah. That's the PG that's, version. That's the pod version. <laughs> um so i mean it was they all pretty much played their best players outside of odell and that was because he got injured well i guess uh garrett actually had tom brady on the bench who got 37 points but you'd never play him over Tom brady's a threat bro i if i if i was big r no lie i would trade they were talking about this earlier uh on a podcast i was listening to i would trade lamar jackson for tom brady I really would. I would do that trade. I don't know. In a dynasty, I'm not doing that. But <laughs> I hear right, what you're right. saying. Um, Bigard was competing. Yeah. This is redraft. But, yeah, I guess just production for the rest of this year. Yeah. I, Tom Brady with Antonio Brown. Rob Gronkowski looking nice, bro. It's, <laughs> Dude. It's looking it's, spicy. So it's so crazy. Like, Camden, every week, I'm like, when is this guy going to drop off? Because he... <laughs> He has no players left, man. Like, they're all on IR, yeah. but he just continues to keep, like, producing major points. Uh, yeah. I, and he's three and four. So, what's kind of funny is I think, uh, yeah, so he has put up 1,011 points, which is the second most points for in the league, and he's three and four. Yeah. Like, that is just uh, terribly I... unfortunate. I made like this numerical model trying to like get a power rankings for our team. Camden's team is the most well-rounded team in the league by far. And he has three over of his Garrett? best players injured. Yeah. Over Garrett oh, wow. in my, in my model. Yeah. Just cause wow. Garrett's tight end situation is dire and uh, Camden's wide receiver. I guess this may have been before. I forgot when I did this, it might've been before the Odell injury, but yeah, Camden's wide receivers were actually better than, uh, and his running backs who are both numerically better than Garrett's. Hmm. Garrett's was second. 
and then everyone else has like some really don't solid pieces just don't tell me uh, not, your I'm wide receivers good. are really good <laughs> and <laughs> just don't and tell like, me just don't Connelly's, tell me Connelly's running backs are really good <laughs> but then after that <laughs> Yeah. It's, it was interesting though. Everyone is really competitive. Like it's not Which a league cool. where, like, there's just like one team that has no chance of ever getting to good in the next five years. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty close. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Which that's how it should be. Whenever you do a startup draft, like you would have right. a team that <laughs> just is sure. not set up at all. Um, yeah. but that does bode well for our league. So, next matchup here was Bowie versus Big R. Um. Bowie secures the victory. This was his first like non-close victory, um, and it was still within 15 points. So uh, Bowie has been like sweating them out every single week, but he won 147 to 132. <clears throat> um, so they both put up a decent amount of points. Uh, I will say this week there was obviously a lot more fantasy points scored um, than the past few weeks that we've seen. Which was, which is just nice. Like I, I like seeing high numbers, to be honest. Oh yeah. So, oh, um, but Bowie got really good production out of Kyler. Clyde was uh pretty good. DJ Moore went off. Um, and then Jamal Williams held it down for him. And actually, Bowie's IDPs performed really well. He got a seventeen pointer and a sixteen pointer IDP. So, those things uh will be very helpful in and just real quick uh on garrett and camden uh buddha baker in prime time has been so incredibly entertaining it's not often that i can like key in on an idp and actually watch him when he's on defense but buddha baker makes it really easy because he like plays that like roaming free say or like strong safety he like he ha he'll have double digit tackles a forced fumble and an interception all in the same game because he's just everywhere on the field but he has back-to-back -back games with a pick uh, he scored like 28 or more points in the last two games, so that's helped Garrett um, secure Should have had a, couple a touchdown, but uh, got fetched. Got, by got absolutely caught. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because I was looking at um, the like top miles per hour that uh, people have reached this year, and it's like Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, and Daniel Jones. And then I was like, oh my God. looking at their. I was looking at their 40 times. Daniel Jones ran like a 4.8. The other two ran like 4.4. Four. So something doesn't add up. They must have like, he was it must have caught him like when he was falling. And like that velocity must have been like what the, was the recorded oh my as gosh. the miles per hour. Because, yeah, I'm not like DK Metcalf and Tyreek Hill what in a foot world, race. I'll man. watch that. But why would you put Daniel Jones in that same category? I was like, how is he number three, bro? This man ran a 4.8 well, with no pads. It was clearly an out-of-body experience because yeah. Daniel Jones didn't even know what was going on. But, but uh, I thought that was uh, interesting. And then I was going to say uh, Garrett's roster construction played a large part in this victory because, like I said, Joe Mixon, uh, like or like we noted earlier in the pod, uh, Joe Mixon was injured, but Gio Bernard filled in very nicely in his absence. Uh, for Camden, Aaron Jones late inactive, and Odell Beckham, unfortunately, tearing his ACL may have cost him the week. But Justin Herbert, Dak Jr., continues to light up the NFL, and he got his first NFL win, so kudos to him. It took him a lot more than it takes most people to get his first NFL win. He threw for like 347 yards or yeah, something. Yeah, and it's not because of him. This dude's been so good. <laughs> I know, I know. And uh, so it'd be the Jags, and then... Uh, yeah, hopefully Leonard Fournette has carved out enough of a role in the offense to start in the event. 
Aaron Jones has to miss any more time. Gotcha. And uh, sorry for not getting your input on that matchup. No, no so. worries, no worries. Well, I was uh, talking about my silly model that I had made that probably means nothing in <laughs> a couple of weeks because gotcha. everyone's values change so much. <laughs> everybody's values and this league trades so much that everybody's <laughs> team is completely different. So, that is true, that is true. Um, just, again, uh, Bowie and Big R was the next matchup. Bowie won 147 to Big R's 132. I kind of gave my overview yeah. of Bowie's. What yeah, was your uh, notes on this one? Notes on uh, Bowie. Kyler Murray is actually the quarterback two in our scoring format, which is interesting. I feel like he's kind of flown under the radar. I mean, we know Russ has been up there cooking. We know, like, I mean, Pat Mahomes is usually up there. Like, the, there's players that we've expected, but I feel like Kyler Murray is uh, – QB two, like that's that's impressive. Yeah. And then all I said was, as long as Carolina continues to play well offensively, Bowie Bowie's team will do well in fantasy because <laughs> he has DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Mike Davis, who he starts religiously. As and, he should, uh, was, until Christian yeah. McCaffrey gets back, he's been I really agree. good. No, I agree. It's just funny because you would think that those guys would take away from each other because the football can only go to one place at one time, but they don't, and they spread the ball around, and Teddy Bridgewater. Wins games with Matt Rule, so yeah. Anyways, I'd also imagine that Bowie's probably going to sub in Chase Edmonds now that uh, Kenyon Drake is out. Um, so True. that'll be a really nice piece for him for as long as Kenyon Drake's out. He's really be. made that last flex spot work uh, based on <laughs> other people's running backs getting injured. So I know he has some really good insurance running backs. I, yeah, I went, I went over and looked. Yeah. Like cream of the crop insurance. But anyway. When he selected Brian Hill during the draft, I just remember this. He was like, this guy right here might win me the league. <laughs> Brian Hill. So he loves the insurance running backs. Yeah, I understand. A pretty good value you can get for uh, like if the person in front of them says, uh, is out. But anyways, DJ Chark, uh, I'm just sad because I picked him up in a lot of leagues last year. He was like the waiver wire darling. He finished wide receiver 21 last year. He was like averaging like 15 or 16 points a game. And now he's been relegated to fantasy benches until Jacksonville can figure it out. Who knows? We might see Jake Lutton. Luton. I'm not sure how to say it, but uh, coming out of the bye week. I don't even know who that is. It's the rookie that they drafted. Oh. Yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't care about Jacksonville, so. <laughs> and then for big r i already really talked about all i had to say was why is his team underperforming i did a little bit of uh digging and it was all the players that i listed earlier yeah i will say he's rolling gronk at tight end right now Dude, that's and, fire uh, <laughs> it really is which is crazy because there's yeah. only like four good tight ends this year yeah um and everybody else is a dart throw and gronk has come on pretty strong so yeah maybe yeah. he can use that as a trade piece if he continues like losing and yeah. setting up for next for year. Sure. So I think you can for get some sure. value out of that. Yeah. Uh, according, according to my model, Garrett, Zach, Ryan, and Camden all needed to be listening to the, the tight end depth piece uh, piece of advice you were giving. Rob Gronkowski coming on strong. <laughs> <laughs> There's your advice. Okay. Hey, TJ Hawkins has been playing pretty well for you, though. Dude. Like I was. I know. Kind of quietly just kind of floating around it's like nobody really thinks highly of him no one really thinks lowly of him you just kind of plug him in and he gets like we well, scored 10, the 12, uh he scored the game winning touchdown points. and i was watching I that know. game this past week and i was like oh thank god thank you. every every time i think the falcons can't top the Dude. last time that they gave up a lead in the fourth quarter like i'm like there's no way it gets any worse 
than losing the Super Bowl. And then it just every time, every time like bro. the Cowboys lost this loss where Todd Gurley tried to go down and did it. Like it's just it blows my mind. And it's not Dan Quinn. It's not even the head coach. It's just like something in that stadium. It's, it's, it's something Arthur about Black, players, bro. Like it's the dirties, bro. It's something. It's like some kind of crazy like voodoo magic that's just cursed their team where like I've seen like increased odds on uh like different prop bets on different sports betting sites. And it's like Falcons will hold a lead in the in the fourth quarter and give it up like plus four fifty or plus four hundred. Like oh it's just gosh. like like that's like a prop that people can bet on now because it's happened so much. That sucks, man. <laughs> and was it you that said uh, the a- Atlanta Falcons lost a game because they scored a touchdown? You can't make it up. It was somebody in yeah. our league said that. Yeah, that was me. I said, like, "Oh my god, <laughs> they made they scored." Like I, I spaced it out because I was just so shook. I like I physically they could not believe that. that they gave Matt Stafford the chance to go down the field with the word like their defense is bad, but it just like the way that it happened. I was like, even if your defense is horrible, like you have to be able to stop them in this situation. Like there's no way you just lost by scoring a touchdown. Uh, I have Todd Gurley in another league, so I was sitting there watching the game, and I was just like screaming at the TV. It's like going, going, yeah, yes, yes. You know, (laughs) he accidentally scored. Let's go. So, uh, all right, next matchup here was uh, Gabe versus Ben. Um, Ben was actually projected to win this game. However, that was not the case. Uh, Gabe. I want to I want to stop getting crap for winning these garbage games cuz Gabe just won a game 110 to 94. <laughs> and so I did. I but did. this is I, uh this is three wins in a row for you now? Is that correct? It is. It is. And honestly, I looked across, so I made some plays in this game and I was like, okay, I have to be fair, I have a lot of these players in a different dynasty league and so I know what Mike Evans like can do to you what players like cd lamb after Dak got injured can do to you devin singletary and i was like i just need some floor plays so i played like frank gore i played like jared cook in a flex because i just i needed people to like I, I wasn't trying to go for the high scoring week this week i was like i just need points and i should be fine and sure enough it worked so it thankfully it, it i i was kind of disappointed that i didn't play cole beasley but um in the end, it worked out. I was trying to be strategic about it is what I'm trying to say. Well, let's just say Camden scored 42 more <laughs> points than you this week and lost. Yeah, uh, no. Not only that, but you hopped him in the standings because of this. Ooh, so, I did see that. We'll see what That's Camden has to think about <laughs> your, your I mean, strategy I, I, for scoring less points. <laughs> Hey, I've, uh, it, it's not for scoring less points. It's for Securing. like making sure you yeah. score. Like yeah. you know, I wouldn't play Frank Gore in a situation if I was playing like if I was playing against Garrett or if I was playing against you. Yeah. Like I wouldn't play Frank Gore. No, I know. But I know against somebody like who has the potential to goose you, like Mike Evans or C.D. Lamb. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Frank Gore in there. Yeah. Anyways, I agree. I, that's I've enough nice things about Camden's team uh, already. For he can he can roast me about winning with 110 <laughs> points and having 150. I just want people to stop roasting me for it. So whatever. I understand. I understand. Uh, he, uh, my team is honestly not very high scoring. You, you've scored what? 30, 50. 
like 90 more points than me so i don't know why you get roasted for it i i've scored 90 points less than i hold this i hold this whole league together but whatever um yeah uh but yeah I was going to say, I'm on a three-game winning streak, like you said, so that's kind of cool. Um, cool. I got decent production across the board. AJ Green and Sterling Shepard, production is encouraging. Uh, uptick in targets, uptick in production, that's kind of nice. Ben, um, I just put sad faces next to Kenyon Drake and Devin Singletary, mm-hmm. next to CeeDee Lamb, next to Mike Evans. It's funny because Ben's roster looks a lot like a roster that I have in a different Dynasty League, like a lot like it and so i feel for him because i'm like in that league i'm i'm uh two and five is that what ben is he's two and five yeah, yeah. it's yeah i'm exactly the same i'm two and five with some good out looking rookies my taxi squad has like jalen rager on it and a couple other players and i'm like i'm just gonna try to build i have deandre swift who i think ben has too like i'm yep, just gonna try to build off of some of these pieces maybe trade uh like one of my big pieces for a couple picks or something and just kind of go from there like an older big piece for some picks and we'll go from there but yeah i feel for ben because it sucks seeing your players put up five points it does but i'll go back to what he said to me and that's like he really enjoys his team and he's not gonna win much but he has really good young players and i would stick to holding that and he's gonna he should have a good oh him and Bowie swapped first this next year didn't they did they yeah, I think so. Oh. <laughs> but they're only one game apart, so that's not that big a deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. We'll evaluate that later. All right. Uh, last matchup here was Zach versus Daniel. Um, Daniel tried. In fact, coming into the last game, which was the Tyler Lockett game, Zach had the potential to score less points than Ben, and I was very excited about that. Um, I had the, I had the comments ready, the tweets ready to send, sending, <laughs> sitting in my inbox. The YouTube video ready to record. Oh man, I was going to come on here just like the, chuckle. revenge ready to send. I was just going to laugh for like a minute straight on the pod and then just like say <laughs> Zach's name and then laugh again and then like say yeah, his point total and laugh again. So that's how we get the listener retention i think that's like the algorithm (laughs) but no this guy gets bailed out by a 45 (laughs) and a half point game by tyler lockett um fourth most fantasy points ever by a wide receiver or no since 2010 fourth most fantasy points in a game on totally totally overshadowed 38 by Devonte adams so he <laughs> so he had over a third of his whole team's points oh my god um you take away so let's say you just give him 10 points and uh zach has the least scoring team in the league this week uh or close to it wow. it, it may have been off by like three points but he's under 100 points easy um, you got that on but instead, this guy gets to gloat about being five and two and <laughs> thinking his team's really good and it's really not. But whatever, man. Whatever. That's funny. That's my um, evaluation of Zach's team. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, Tyler Lockett obviously um, helped mask pretty mediocre performance from the rest of his team. I believe Zach has. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, right? And he put up like nine points. So 
I'll Travis Fulgham is the second best player. <laughs> hey, bro, Travis Fulgham's kind, of kind of a threat. How many targets did he have last week? Travis Fulgham had 11, 11 targets last week. Oh, I'm not That's saying he's bad. I'm just saying a guy we've it's never heard like, of is his second best player. Who, who, yeah, it was before the season you had never heard of him. I agree. Uh, for Zach, um, I'm excited for the Le'Veon Bell revenge game. I just threw that note in there because I hope that Andy Reid just gives it to Le'Veon Bell every play and lets him run for 400 yards because I think I'm that the Chiefs line is capable and I think that the Jets are incapable. And I think that every play, it should just be a Le'Veon Bell pass, run, however you want to get him the ball. And then immediately pan to Adam Gase's face, like just every play. That's that's all. That's all I want to see the whole game. And we probably won't get it, but I hope we do. And then for Daniel, I was talking to you a little bit earlier about this, but he made tough calls on three like starters that should have worked out. For Jarek McKinnon, uh, he got Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson went crazy, and then after the game, rumors came out that uh, McKinnon was being rested, quote unquote. <laughs> So that's interesting. Weird. You got to take that with a grain of salt. I'm not sure what the 49ers backfield is going to look like going forward because there's like four or five guys that like have a secure role when everybody else is hurt, but then when everyone's healthy, I'm wondering what it shapes up to look like. Yeah. Mike Williams um, noted, I noted that Justin Herbert threw for 347 yards last Sunday. Daniel Starters, who are Hunter Henry and Mike Williams. Combined for just 27 yards of that that's, total. That's so, so Justin weird, Herbert man. threw for 320 yards last Sunday, not to Daniels players. And like, it wasn't all just to Keenan Allen. It was to players like Jalen Guyton, mm-hmm. like players like a couple of their other tight ends that weren't Hunter Henry. Um, I forget Who's their, the guy uh, that caught the touchdown? I can't remember. The receiver. Um, I can't remember. I don't remember. Virgil I thought Green, it was I think, had a decent yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually and, thought it was uh, Mike Williams, and then realized very quickly. Yeah, I know. It, every time, and Donald Parham, another tight end. Like it was just a really unfortunate situation where like receivers were getting yardage, tight ends were getting yardage. It just happened. Like I started Mike Williams in another league. Like it happened to me. Like I, mm-hmm. I thought that this was a good matchup for him, and it just got. He just got a. Like a short end of the stick. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling um, fell victim to Devontae Adams' week 38-something points. Devontae Adams was open yeah. on every play. And MVS, unfortunately, got like one carry, no catches or something like that. So, I mean, I feel bad because um, that's like double unlucky. It's like the guy I get, like you're playing against got Tyler, like Tyler Lockett in his lineup. And like you were going to win regardless of these three. And now you have three... Like your three calls you're kicking yourself on that you really couldn't have seen coming, and you have to deal with the fact that you got 45 points put on your head. Like it was just a really like that that sucks as a fantasy manager because yeah. you don't want to like I don't know. I don't I don't feel too bad because the week prior he had the Derrick Henry week, but true. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, to wrap up our podcast here, Gabe, let's do our picks for this coming week, and then we'll kind of be done with the pod as we're going on an hour and a half so um okay first one me versus daniel uh i'm i'm gonna go with me i think i can i think i picked up a couple of running backs that i can at least plug the holes and that'll be good enough against daniel's team and hope that my big four receivers or four-headed monster carry me so 
Yeah, uh, real quick, are we doing the record? Because um, I have you in that matchup as well, but I just was curious if you wanted to like keep the record because I'm not sure who our picks were for last week and it would just be confusing. But We'll keep it and I'll, for next week, we'll give the overall record for where we're at. Sounds good. All right, so I have Cam in that matchup as well. For the next matchup, we have Camden versus Bowie. They're both three and four. This could actually serve to be a pretty pivotal game um, for them. I, man, Bowie, oh, man, Chase Edmonds is on a bye. I was going to say Chase Edmonds puts him over the top for me. Um... I still think I'm going to go with Bowie. Camden keeps finding a way to get these points that are crazy. And eventually it has to stop, right? <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with Bowie. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with Bowie as well. Uh, what puts it over the edge for me is that Carolina, who is Bowie's entire team, is playing Atlanta, who is bleeding fantasy points at the moment. So I think DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson have good games. Uh, I think... Uh, Mike Davis also has a pretty, like, the running back matchup is not as great against Atlanta. It's more the receiver matchup. But um, I still think Mike Davis, um, he's involved in the passing game. And, like, I think he'll have a good game. And Aaron Jones is still banged up. So if uh, it might force Camden or, yeah, Camden to uh, play Leonard Fournette. I'm, I'm picking Bowie, long story short. Okay. Or long story long. Long story long. Uh, next matchup. No, I'm just kidding. That was good insight. Next matchup is you versus Big R. Uh, again, Big R projected 145 points. He's never approached that amount, but um, here he is. Uh, I I like your trade. Um, getting the depth that you needed for this week to plug some of these holes to kind of keep that win streak going. I don't think it's going to be pretty, um, but I think you're going to grind out another win in kind of a low scoring affair. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I think I picked myself if I hadn't made that trade, if I had come on here and like Connolly and I were still in trade talks, I was going to pick big R because there was just no way like with the roster that I had before that trade, if Michael Thomas didn't play, I was not scoring 100 points this game. Yeah. Because all my I, I have a couple Texans pieces. They're on by. Like, I just, I had so many pieces that were on by or not back yet that, like, I, my like, Miles Sanders, not, like, he's questionable. Like, some of my big Debo Samuel, like, I need these guys to be healthy if I'm going to put up, like, league winning weeks. And, like, these mm -hmm. guys were just not. And so I was like, I need to scrap together a... A squad to, to try and compete two uh two guys that i think we should keep an eye on for big r lamar jackson coming off the bye he's got a rough matchup with pittsburgh but he has looked really rough prior to the bye and he has a great coach in john harbaugh and i'm hoping that's going to equate to kind of getting right with his receivers and getting right as the Lamar Jackson we know. I think that he's going to bounce back a little bit more. I hope he does bounce back exclusively throwing to Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown because he's on the other side. So That's like fair. bounce back all you want. Throw for 300 yards if you want. Four touchdowns, but everything to Marquise Brown. Fair. 
Fair. And Zeke <laughs> plays Philly. Um, I know we're really like everybody's down on the Cowboys offense as they should be. Um, ben Benucci. But it's a rivalry game. Like you would think that these guys are going to play for some amount of respect. And I know a lot of people in this pod will, or I mean, in our league will disagree with that. No, I respect that. I respect that. Honestly, as a Cowboys fan, like that's like, you haven't given up hope yet. And I like, after seeing the last two weeks, I'm like a, like a fringe Cowboys fan. And like, it would have been so easy to give up hope as a, as a, like, like they've just looked bad, but I really do think that that's like, the low point of their season and they're really somewhere in the middle of uh like what they showed the last two weeks and what they showed in the first like five weeks so. yeah yeah agreed next matchup here we have ben versus conley um pretty easy i think ben has a few players that can perform but it's just not enough uh what will be interesting is with chris godwin being out if mike evans is actually able to see any targets ever from tom brady um but then i also is is antonio brown here this week or is it next week i think it's It's week week. nine so yeah yeah, chris godwin and uh antonio brown both um looking to play week nine it looks like that's their trajectory they also play the giants so that could be a big game for mike evans not week nine week week eight um but he the Giants do have James Bradbury, who's been a shadow corner on a lot of the big receivers this year. So maybe he'll they... burn Gronk. That's what I'm <laughs> well, they sometimes when they play, like Tampa Bay has this like, um, like they're offensively really creative, and so a lot of times when they have a shadow corner, Mike Evans will actually play more slot than he normally sees. Mm-hmm. But um, try to get him away from that. But we'll see. We will. We will. Um, with all that being said, I'm still probably gonna rock with Conley to win this game. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I'll pick Conley as well. Like I said, I like his roster, and if I mean Mike Evans and Justin Jefferson could just go crazy. We've seen it happen before, but um, I am going to bet against the statistics or bet with the statistics that it doesn't happen and uh, go with Conley. Last matchup here, we have Zach versus Garrett. Um, I'm going to try a new strategy. So Garrett's 7-0, and I've projected him to lose seven times. Oh, no. Oh, no. And this is a week I actually wouldn't mind him winning um, because me and Zach are locked in second place, and I love nothing more when Zach loses. So I'm going to pick Garrett. I'm going to pick Garrett to win this whoa, one. Whoa, yeah. whoa. And if he loses, then I'm going to pick Garrett the rest of the year. Like, that's for sure what's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, so, I guess for the sake of parity, because we've picked every single matchup the same, Just I have it. to pick Zach here. And this is the closest matchup. So, I have to pick Zach here. And they're both projected like, over 150, which is my wild. hand is My hand is forced. Wow. So, Zach, wow. first match against Garrett. Um, I might be throwing my record out the window, but I'm I'm doing it. Cam, you're doing it. We're both stepping out of our comfort zone here, we and uh, we're uh, we're believing in the the Tyler Lockett, I guess. <laughs> and the Hold Dalvin on. Cook. Hold on. Zach doesn't have his second best player, Travis Fulgham, in his lineup right now. True. This guy's throwing. <laughs> what is I'm he? for He's sure going with Garrett. Uh, 
Cooper. Oh yeah. No, I I do think that. That's no, he's not smart. on a bye. He's, he's playing Dallas. It's his best matchup ever. Oh, true. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe he got intimidated by the Jalen Rager news. This guy. This guy. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for our pod today. I know it was a little lengthy, but we were doing two weeks worth of stuff. Uh, hopefully, I can uh, remain awake the rest of the season, and we'll stay on track doing this once a week. Uh, Gabe, you got anything else? No, it was a pleasure as always. Uh, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, I'm really enjoying uh, this league so far. We're at the halfway point, and uh, so far, I feel like everyone has been super involved, super in touch. It's the highlight of my Sundays: the group chat, either bashing the Cowboys or cheering them on, or talking about just the random drama that happens in the NFL. So, I uh, appreciate all of you, and I uh, will see you next week. We'll see you next time, guys. Good luck. To everybody except Daniel and Gary.